Hello, everyone. Welcome to Richfield Tiger Talk. I'm your host, Dr. D. Santis, and we have back on the show. He's been on many, many times. A fan favorite, probably one of the most listened to podcasts, is our sports update. The director of athletics for Richfield High School. It's Dane Street. How are you, Dane? I'm doing great, Wes. Thanks for having me on. Oh yeah. Well, there's a there's a lot to talk about because we are ending the fall season, and we are going into the winter season. Uh, and as always, uh, you know, we always like to have you on a few times a year to give us all the cool updates happening in sports. Yeah, it's uh, in some ways it's it's same old, same old as we turn from one season to the next. But uh, obviously, there's each season is different. There's lots of uh, highlights and and sometimes low lights. But uh, absolutely, you know, we, we we press on and uh, yeah, we're we're closing the book on the 2023 fall season and getting ready to kick off the the winter. So perfect time to jump on and talk about some of the things going on up here. All right, so let's just for the the listeners out there, let's do a, a a little bit of a fall recap. What what's happened in the world of sports this fall? Yeah, it was a great fall for us. You know, there there were um, most of our teams had had really nice seasons. You know, whether it's our boys and girls soccer teams, our our football team uh, had a little bit of a tough year, but ended on a high okay. note with a, a win over Danbury just before Thanksgiving. Um, you know, the volleyball team did well. But, uh, you know, there were a couple of teams that really stood out that I'd like to just just highlight. Um, the first one is is our field hockey team had a really tremendous season. Uh, you know, they they are, you know, it's a blessing and a curse to play in the FCAC because we yeah. play against literally some of the best teams in the nation. And so while they didn't end up with an FCAC championship or a state championship or anything like I, I, I can't say enough good things about the the uh, trajectory of the field hockey program. They really um, played extremely That's well amazing. this fall. Um, and then our, our swim and dive team, our girls swim and dive team had a great year. Um, they actually were, were runners up. And again, kind of the same thing as field hockey, you're up against like a powerhouse team. And for swim, it's yep. always Greenwich, right? Greenwich has got the pool right in their own building. They're, yep. you know, they're just a juggernaut when it comes to. It's a big school too. Them. So they have a bigger field of players to pull from. Absolutely. And so they're always sort of setting the benchmark and, and, you know, listeners may recall that last year, our girls swim team, um, had a phenomenal historic year. They, they actually, uh, topped Greenwich all three, all Four to three times they faced them in the FCX, the the Class Double L meet, and the and the State Open. And our girls got the best of them last year. Well, Greenwich came back with a, a chip on their shoulder and, yeah. and wanted that top spot back. So, um, you know, they did they did edge us out in all three of them this year. But our girls were runners up in both the the FCX, the Class Double L meet, and the um, and the CIC State Open. So, you know, in some ways, and, and you know, I was at the at the Double uh, L meet, and the girls are disappointed that they finished second. And I had to remind them, like, you, you still you finished second you know like, yeah yeah <laughs> you gotta be proud and be happy of that accomplishment and they were but you know yeah. being, being competitors they're always aiming for the top the top spot but uh they had a phenomenal year Absolutely. and just uh, a couple of quick sh- uh, shout outs ava ward in the in the 200 free uh, she was both the double l and the state open champ uh lily archibald as an individual was the 100 fly open champ and then Ooh, we had fly that's races. That was always my toughest stroke. Oh, I was a swimmer. Yeah. I, it's... I don't think I could do um, the 10 fly, let alone the Yeah, yeah. Fly. <laughs> exactly. So, um, yeah, it's phenomenal <laughs> to watch these girls perform. Um, the 400 free relay, uh, that's Lily Archibald, Bridget Kelly, Kira Giles, and Ava Ward. Uh, they had the double. They, they were the champs at both the double L meet and the state open. And uh, the 200 free relay, Maddie Muncie, Ava Ward, Bridget Kelly, Kira Giles, uh, they were the state open champs. So... 
um, you know, tons of other great awesome. performances in those meets as well. But um, those definitely deserve a shout out as uh, as all state performances. So a phenomenal year for the girls swim and dive program. That's great. That's great to hear. And the other program that, that caught a lot of attention and um, was the boys cross country program. Um, you know, they they had such a strong group this year, led by Stephen Hergenrother, who was the uh, Gatorade Cross Country uh, Connecticut Player of the Year last year, um, and you know came in this year just dominated, basically just dominated. Um, you know, all the big meets he was winning, he won the FCAC uh, championship meet as an individual, as well as the double L, the open and the New England. So he just you know he ran the table in terms of individual performances. Um, but what I said to him the other day, he was actually in with his folks to to do a little signing ceremony. He's headed to Princeton next year. Um, what I said to him the other day was how proud I was of him as a leader of that team. You know, he really kind of changed the culture of that program or maybe didn't change it, but just reinforced the expectation yeah. of we're going to work hard. You know, we're going to go about our business. We're going to, you know, we, we don't need all the glitz and glamour and fanfare. We're just going to work hard and, and get the job done. And as a team, they did that, you know, that's yeah. So yeah, good. they were the FCAC champs. They were the the class double L runners up, and I'll come back to that in a second as to why. Um, and then the CIAC Open, and and for the first time ever, they were the New England champions. We've been there wow. a number of times, and we've been close a number of times, finished third place. Uh, but this year they got the job done. So, uh, phenomenal performance from that group of guys. Um, that's that's great. That's just great to hear. Yeah, and and actually, you know, our boys led a New England sweep up at uh, a, a Connecticut sweep up at New England's. We were first overall with 57 points. Uh, Danbury, who actually beat us in the double L's, was second with 181, and Xavier was third with 200 points. And for those listeners wow. who are new, it's sort of like golf; like you want the low score, right? So yeah, yeah. <laughs> for us to be at 57 and second place was 181, like that's a that is a dominant performance. So wow! Um, quick shout out to those those guys. It was you know the top five were, were Stephen Hergenrother, Charles Lovett, uh, Magnus Manley. Trevor Fuller and Sullivan Dunn were, were consistently our top five guys and uh, just did a tremendous job this year. And interestingly enough, you know, the, I, I said I'd come back to it. The double L meet was supposed to take place on a Saturday. We headed up to Wickham Park and it was a really hot day. Yeah. And, um, they got through uh, like most of the championship races. But then in the class L championships, there were so many kids that were struggling with the heat and the, the hot conditions that they actually canceled the double L races and ran them the following week. So now you're talking about running two championship meets, a double L meet on a Tuesday and a state open, uh, you know, only a handful of days later. And so that's sort of like our boys kind of decided we don't really care if we win the double L, right? Yeah. Let's focus on, we want to make sure that we finish high enough to, to advance, um, which they did. They, they finished second uh, to Danbury that day. Um, but then really kind of put it into high gear for the the state open and the New Englands. And, uh, you know, I, I give credit to Brian Kowalski as the coach uh, does a tremendous job of getting these guys prepared for each race. And, you know, and really talks with them about yeah. what is it that we want to accomplish here? Um, you know, because we could go out and win all of our dual meets in a regular season, but to what end? Right. Yeah. So let's let's make sure that we were focused on on winning those big meets at the end of the year. And they certainly did that. Um, and then this past re weekend, uh, you know, just it's it's sort of an aside because technically it falls outside the the Connecticut um, umbrella. Yeah. But, um, they performed. They they went to the Nike Cross Nationals qualifier, 
And as a team, they finished third place there. And, oh, wow. Um, Steven finished high enough to earn a spot in the, the Nike Cross uh, National Championships coming up where, at the end of this week. Where's that? So that's at the Nike campus out in Oregon. So, oh, whoa. Yeah, so big time performance from him. Um, you know, we've had a couple of kids go in the past. Nothing. This is the first time we've had someone advance that far uh, since I've been in Ridgefield. But uh, before I got here, there were a few kids who, who got who were able to qualify. So really a tremendous accomplishment um, for him. And, uh, you know, like I said, he's he's been he's been lights out all year. And, um, you know, I can't wait to see what happens for him, not only this week, but over the rest of the year between indoor and outdoor track. And, you know, it's um, it's fun to watch. So, um, yeah, credit to Steven, you know, leading that team, but certainly to the rest of the guys on that team. Like, you know, they're not a this isn't a flash in the pan. You know, yeah. the culture is strong and, and they've performed extremely well. And so so they'll be back um, next year, you know, ready to do it again. So great year for them. That's just so amazing to hear. That's so amazing to hear. What 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 a what an amazing fall. Um, now before we get to the winter preview, I see you have some updates you want to talk about. Yeah, just a few things for people to be aware of. You know, these are the types of things that the more you talk about them, the better because the word yep. starts to spread. Um, so the first one I'd mention is the fall start date. So and this is this is important for all those families that are planning trips for next summer. Um, so yeah. usually. Uh, usually our fall sports start a little bit before the school year starts. Um, and the last couple of years, both football and uh, boys golf have been the earliest ones. You know, if I look at the calendar this year, both of those started really like the second week of August. Um, the 10th is when football started with some organized team activities. And the 14th is when they started with actual conditioning. And that's the same day that the golf team started. And then everybody else usually starts about a week and a half later. Oh, no, that's the bell. We film in schools, people. That's it. That's the bell. Um, everybody else usually starts a week and a half later. So this fall, for example, um, most of our other sports started their tryouts on August 24th when kids didn't start school until Monday the 28th. And so the big change going ahead to next year is that date is actually going to move back a little bit earlier in August. So okay. where we would normally start on a Thursday – um, we will now be starting on a Monday. So, so basically like a full week before. Yeah, it's, you know, I haven't looked at the latest version of the 24-25 the um, district calendar, but it's likely going to be a full week before school starts is when our fall sports will be starting. Okay. So for all those families that are planning ahead for next summer and planning trips, if, you're, if your son or daughter is planning on taking part in most of um, our fall sports, they're going to start tryouts on August 19th next year. Um, so a key date to keep in mind for people as they start to plan ahead for um, for summer vacations, just try to be back in time for uh, for August 19th if you're going to be a fall athlete. So that's a big one. Um, the nice. second one also deals with the summer, and there's been an out-of-season proposal that's been kicked around for a while. So Connecticut is one of the few states that actually, you know, I would say severely restricts the amount that our coaches can be involved with our athletes during the off-season. Um, so, for instance, I grew up in Pennsylvania. I played soccer, you know, three times a week during the yeah. summer. We were together with our soccer coaches and we're doing strength and conditioning, but we're also mm -hmm. playing soccer and, you know, sort of informally, you know, it's nothing required, but they were allowed to do those things. And in Connecticut, they're not, you know, and that's why oh. some people don't realize that, that any of our coaches can do like strength and conditioning stuff. But when it comes to, quote unquote, sport specific activities, 
our coaches are limited in what they're allowed to do with our kids. So for instance, if our soccer coach wants to get, get together with our kids in the off season, they can do that for conditioning and strengthening yep. um, exercises. But it, in that example, as soon as the soccer ball comes out, the coach can't be there anymore. Um, and Sheesh. so it's sort of yeah. a strange rule, you know, that it goes back, the history of it is, is long. Um, but it, you know, originally it was intended to sort of try to create a level playing field for those schools that maybe the coaches aren't able to get together with kids in the off season and those sorts of things. Well, things have changed a lot over the last 15 to 20 years. And so there's mm -hmm. been a lot of talk about this out of season restriction and that, you know, why would we not let our coaches who are hired through the district who we know yeah. have coaching certificates, who we know are doing things that are good for kids. Yeah. Why would we not allow them to have access to our kids and instead push kids off to club programs and, you know, different places that maybe are just looking to make a buck off of them. You know? yeah. So there's been a lot of talk about it. And um, this year there was a proposal that, that um, you know, I would call it a, a baby step in the right direction. And it looks like it will be formally um, adopted in May when the Connecticut Association of Schools has their annual meeting. Um, and basically what that proposal will do, um, it's, it's been approved by the, the CIAC Board of Directors. It now mm -hmm. goes to the, the Connecticut Association of Schools for adoption. Um, but if it goes through, and I expect that it will, it basically will loosen those restrictions a little bit. And so our coaches will be allowed to have a little bit more access to our kids, specifically during the summer months. So it would yeah. run from, you know, like the Monday after spring championships until uh, like the first full week in August. Um, and it's, you know, without diving too much into the specifics, it's a couple of days a week for a couple of hours each time coaches would be able to, you know, our soccer coach can get on yep. the ball and do a little bit of instruction with the kids or, you know, in some sports, like a lot of our hockey kids participate in summer leagues or our basketball kids participate in summer leagues, you know, our coaches would be able to coach them in those summer leagues as opposed yes. to having somebody else come in to coach them. So, you know, we're, there's some work that we need to do internally to figure out um, what it's going to look like, um, but hoping and, and really excited about the possibility of, of kind of loosening those restrictions, giving our coaches a little bit more access to our kids during the summer months and getting them ready for the next school year. So, um, so that's a, you know, it sounds like not a big step, but if you're in tune with the history of Connecticut, then yeah. that's a big step. That, uh, yeah, absolutely. So that it's, it's the first step to say, all right, so we're going to sort of pilot this during the summer, see how it goes. And then maybe it leads to a little bit more loosening of those yeah. restrictions and allowing our coaches more access to kids. I, I even think it's more of a, a, a social good, too. I mean, I understand why they did it, but like we have students that 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 need that connection to their coaches and their their crew, their their um their their group that they're comfortable with. And you know, we know as as parents sending her, they're in a safe environment, they're with our coaches, they're in our school environment. So I'm glad that that's going to be loosened up. Yeah, absolutely. And and like I said, I, for me, one of the biggest arguments has always been we know our coaches. Yeah, right? I work with our coaches all the time to make sure that they're doing things the right way, that we have yep. the best interests of kids in mind, you know, that it's not all about winning per se. It's about yes. the, developing the right culture and doing things the right way. And, mm -hmm. and so why would we not want those people to be working with our kids? You yes. Know? Um, you know, one of the, the fears is always this idea of like, well, now my kid has to go to basketball practice twice a week during the summer. Well, it's obviously not going to be that, right? Like yeah. any of the stuff that we do, it'll be, it'll be optional. Um, but it just gives our coaches a little bit more 
uh, connection to those kids to, like you said, you know, the, these are their people, right? This mm -hmm. is their crew. And so if they want to be together and they want to play the sport that they love, why wouldn't we try to support that? So um, like I said, it's it's all happened over the last couple of weeks. It, it got approved by the CIEC Board of Directors. Um, you know, while it won't be formally adopted until May, we do expect that to happen. And so between now and then, we'll be some planning with our coaches and our staff to figure out exactly what it might look like for, uh, for hopefully for implementation this coming summer. So um, so those are, are, you know, like I said, they, they may not sound like big changes, but they're kind of big changes and uh, changes that I'm excited about. And I know a lot of our coaches are excited about as well. Oh, that's great. Um, any other updates before we move on to the winter preview? Yeah, I guess I would just add one more update, which uh, people who followed the budget process this past year saw that it was included was um, to, to basically have a, a nutritionist available to our student athletes to work with our kids, talk to teams, you know, give them incredibly guidance. important. Yeah, give them guidance about, you know, proper eating and, and, you know, everybody wants the best out of their body when you're in that athletic mm -hmm. performance uh, setting, but sometimes we don't fuel our bodies the right way. And so, um, whoa, whoa, whoa! You mean to tell me that high school students don't make the best choices when picking out their food? You know, yeah. you surprised, Wes, but sometimes, <laughs> yeah, sometimes. Um, so yeah, really, really excited about that. Jen Giles is uh, the person that we partnered with. She is a nutritionist, lives right in town. Her kids have uh, gone through the program. Uh, one of them's still here at the high school currently, and so um, you know, trying to get her connected to some of our teams um, and just you know dip our toes into this water and see where it leads. Because to me, I think, uh, I think that's a huge piece. I mean, I always, I always share the example. I've, I've been the same height since I was eighth grade. In eighth grade. <laughs> uh, when I graduated high school, I weighed 155 pounds. Yeah. And after I got to college and I got involved with my college soccer program and we started eating right and we started lifting right. And we did all those things. Yep. I went from 155 to 190 in a year. Right? Yeah. And, and and the right way, you know, in the right way. Yeah. 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 You're, um, you're, you weren't buying larger pants and you weren't exactly. buying like, yeah, exactly. It was, yeah. Maybe slightly yeah. larger shirts, right? Maybe. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but I, it was done the right way. And I think if we can, you know, introduce that here and start to get our kids uh, even just thinking about it more, um, yeah. it, you know, the, what you put into your body is what is providing you the fuel to do everything that you want to do. And so really excited about that. Like I said, we're just kind of in, in its infancy here. Jen came in and talked with our um, our winter coaches and I know has set up some times to um, to talk with teams and athletes and, you know, just trying to get the ball rolling on that front. So uh, really excited about that development as well. That's great. And it, it, like you said, it's so important, especially at this point in their life, you know, they're everyone's still growing. And mm -hmm. I always remember when I would teach at the high school, I'd have a freshman, you know, he'd be five foot. And then by the time it's senior, he's six, four, you yeah. know, he's towering over me. And I'm like, all right, yeah, this is uh, someone ate their Wheaties, you know, yes, this is what happens at this point in life, right? Yep. Like, it, it's crazy to see how much kids, kids change from one year to the next and uh, proper nutrition, is such a big part of it. So, um, like I said, just really excited about, about getting that ball rolling and seeing where it leads. Absolutely. Well, uh, as we know, the days, I don't know about you, but the, the sun goes down at like 410 now. It's very, very depressing, but it's also a fun time of the year because we get winter sports and those are starting up this week. So why don't you give us a little bit of a winter preview? Yeah, sure. Um, you know, there's a couple of things that are new this year. Uh, the first one is, is shot clocks. You know, we talk about uh, some of those changes that were made at the CIAC level, and this is another one that's been a long time coming. Well, it's finally happening. 
And so shot clocks for basketball will be uh, required at the varsity level this year and optional at, at JV and freshman levels. So we plan on implementing at all three levels. Um, kind of a big shift for that sport. Um, one that we think is is a good shift. I think it's one that um, you know speeds the game up a little bit, makes it a little bit more exciting. Um, and uh, so, so for this year, the implementation is a 35 second shot clock uh, for basketball. So each team, you know, every time possession changes, you'll see that 35 sh second shot clock uh, counting down as well as the game clock. You know, and and for a couple of reasons, I, I think one of the big ones is for kids who are playing at the next level. If you watch college games or, or NBA games or WNBA games, they play under shot clock conditions. And so mm -hmm. the game is different. You have to get used to that at some point. And so, um, you know, that's a big adjustment um, for some programs. Honestly, for us, I don't see it being that big of an adjustment because if you've been to some Tiger basketball games lately, like they play pretty up-tempo, they're fast break, they're, you know, they're pushing the tempo as much as possible. So I don't, I don't see it re really being a factor for us in terms of adjustment on the offensive end. But I do see it being almost a benefit for us on the defensive end because our teams do good, play good defense. And, and you know, now these offensive teams uh, that like to hold the ball and slow the game down are not going to be able to do that. So, Ooh, nice. One, yeah, one <laughs> for, for basketball for this winter, for sure. Um, the Another thing that we're looking forward to, and I, I probably should have mentioned it with the fall, is, is the live streaming. Um, oh, yes. Who's, who's not been to games during the fall, maybe watch some of our games online. Um, we, we partnered with Rob Rieger, and uh, okay. who came in this year to help us with some live streaming. Um, and Katie Blake with the Tiger TV folks are trying to support yep. that initiative as well. Um, and we did a lot of live streaming this fall. And so as we move into the winter, that's that's our goal there too, is to to continue to develop that live streaming aspect. So if you can't get to a game, you know, you can always punch up our YouTube channel and uh, and watch. And uh, where where can people find that? <laughs> uh, www.youtube.com yeah, yeah. backslash C backslash RHS Athletics. RHS Athletics. But it's also, if I go to the... RHS homepage. Absolutely. You can go to the to the website, our athletics webpage. And uh, it's right there. The high school, and there's a link yep. right there as well. So perfect. Um, definitely something that we're looking to continue to uh, to develop. And it's been uh, it's been fun so far. And we've seen our numbers on those uh, broadcasts creeping up. So we know that people are out there watching and listening. So excited about that. Um, as far as the teams are concerned, you know, it should be a great, a great winter ahead. You know, we've yep. got a lot of strong programs. You know, we talked about our cross country boys and our cross country girls had a really good year too. You know, they actually fell victim to that really hot day that I was telling you about yep. they were in the class L race and they Absolutely. just missed out on qualifying for the open. So, you know, a lot of, a lot of strong runners on that side as well. So boys and girls indoor track should have a really strong uh, season. I, I also want to put this out there. Um, audience, if you remember, from August to about two weeks ago, we would have torrential downpours every weekend. Like unusable weekend after unusable weekend after unusable weekend. It was to the point where I think I saw something on like the news where it was like 18 out of the past 22 weekends were complete rainouts. Yeah, we just roll with it, Wes. That's yeah, just do. roll. <laughs> <laughs> and it wasn't even like a little rain. It was like, you know torrential downpour for 12 hours you get a month's worth of rain in a weekend every weekend it was so i don't know my hat's off to you guys for 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 getting through that well it, it certainly <laughs> presented some challenges this fall i mean you know you're right like it, it, it there were some instances where you didn't have a choice you know we yeah. actually played 
the first football week of the year. It should it, it was a harbinger of things to come because yeah. <laughs> the first Friday there were storms and we actually played. We had a small little window. We got our game in, yeah. um, but there were so many games. There was there was one matchup that first weekend. I remember seeing at some point in this uh, somewhere across the state. They canceled on Friday, tried to play on Saturday, got lightning out, tried to play on Sunday, got lightning out, and ended up having to play, I think it was on Tuesday. Oh, geez, so yeah. one team is, is trekking back and forth like four times just to get one game in. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it, you know, the weather was a challenge. As we look into the winter, I hope it's not as challenging, although it sounds like it might be a wet winter. So we might yep. have some snow days mixed in there. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's just part of what we deal with on the day to day is Absolutely. the adjustments and, you know, everybody's got to have... We have a lot of people in, in our department who are very um, focused on the details, which is great, but they also have to be flexible and just roll with it and realize, Absolutely. hey, we can't do anything today. We've got to push it to tomorrow. Um, that's the best that we can do. So, yep. um, and I, I, you know, I give a lot of credit to our coaches for, for understanding that, understanding that they're, you know, they're hyper-focused on their own program, mm -hmm. which is great, but sometimes adjustments in other programs force you to have to change, you know, and Absolutely. we all are together. So, um you know historically our, our teams have been very supportive of each other and that's really important so great 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 yeah some um, of the other you know just again looking at the winter teams cheer team is is a little bit smaller on the competitive side this year but expecting to do really well our dance team coming off of uh state runner-up performance oh, yeah. last year so they're they're looking strong again awesome the coach for that program ariana danzig took over after being the assistant for a couple of years she's now the head coach there um, our boys and girls ice hockey team should have strong years. Um, the wrestling team, we were just looking at numbers. Their, their numbers are way up. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. Awesome. Joe Regan is in his second year as our head coach. And, um, you know, there's a lot of excitement around that program right now. Um, the boys swim team coming off of, of, um, a great year last year, they should be threatening for FCAC title league and state titles as well. Um, and then of course, boys and girls basketball, you know, they've, they've been historically very strong and looking forward to that again this year. Um, one last note on the basketball front. If you're a basketball fan, we did make an adjustment this year uh, from a scheduling standpoint where we've got five instances where we have boys and girls double headers. So varsity double headers, as opposed to like tr the traditional schedule is if the boys basketball team is playing, uh, you know, say St. Joe's at home, girls basketball is playing St. Joe's on the road. You know, they kind mm -hmm. of flip-flop because of facilities. But um, we have five instances this year where, where um Tiger basketball fans can support both our girls varsity and boys varsity teams in back-to-back -back settings. So um, I'll throw the dates out real quick. It's it's 1230. Uh, both teams are playing Notre Dame Fairfield here on um, January 13th. We've got a doubleheader. The girls play EO Smith and the boys play Windsor. On um, January 27th, we actually have a road doubleheader over at Fairfield Ward. Um, the big one is probably February um, 3rd. We'll be hosting boys and girls uh, Wilton here. Oh, nice! Of course, those are going to draw big crowds. And then the last instance is uh, February 10th, which is our coaches versus cancer game that we've done the last couple of years. We do those over at uh, Western Connecticut uh, State University when we play against Danbury. So some some nice events in the works for those programs, and uh, you know, really excited about about getting this winter season underway. That's so cool. So cool. So many great things going on and just such a great showcase of not only the athleticism of the Ridgefield students, but just how great and flexible they are. Um, just great character. Um, I like how you take a whole student approach. It's not about winning. It's about culture. It's about being a member of the community. It's about that collegiality. 
Um, and it, it really shows, and it, it shows when I go see the games. So yeah, and we talk about it with you know yeah. it's not by accident. We talk about it with coaches a lot. You yep. know, our preseason coach meetings and all those different opportunities where we talk about you know what is the importance of high school athletics. And sure, everyone who's participating is likely competitive by nature. We want yep. to. <laughs> right, but it's not a win at all costs. It is it is winning um, league championships, state championships, all the success that we have. That is the end result of doing things the right way and creating a culture where people want to be involved, where they want to come and work hard every day, um, and you know just focusing on getting better. Um, you know, I think the other part that I say to coaches all the time is that it doesn't. You know, you you want to be playing your best at the end of the season. It's Absolutely. rare that our teams do not qualify for FCAC playoffs or state playoffs, yeah. right? 99 times out of 100, we're gonna be in them. And you wanna be playing your best at the end. And, and you know, one good example would be like boys boys soccer this year, they barely, they needed a win in their last game, a win or a tie in their last game to sneak into the state tournament. And they did as the number 32 seed. They win a playoff yeah. game at home as a playing game. Then they go on the road and they beat the number one seed for the whole tournament. So, you know, you wanna be playing your best at yep. the end of the season. And, um, you know, that's a it's a great example of that. And it's something that I think um, if we focus on the right things, you know, it truly does. And I say this at, at different, you know, whether I'm presenting a budget at a board meeting or or at a parent meeting, like it really is an extension of what we're trying to get all of our kids to learn and do and be able to accomplish when they leave Richwood High School. You know, we talk about, you know, our core values, collaboration, mm -hmm. innovation, mindfulness, uh, communication, knowledge, resilience, no better venue to, to work on those things than the athletic setting, in my opinion. So, you know, that's really the way that we try to approach um, athletics in general at the high school. And, and, you know, knock on wood, we've been pretty successful up to this point. So, uh, <laughs> you know, we'll hope that this winter just uh, continues a lot of those same, um, mm -hmm. that same mentality and, and, you know, and along the way, I'm sure we'll be yeah. competitive and win some stuff too. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. I think you summed it up where uh, it's a, uh, cr you created a culture of wanting to be, a uh, wanting to be involved and do your best. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, yeah. it's our, our, school as a whole is getting a little bit smaller, but we've really not seen our athletic numbers dip all that much. You know, yeah. we've really seen a lot of kids continue to remain involved in athletics over the course of the year. And, uh, and that's great, you know, and, and we've got a lot of programs that, that make cuts, unfortunately, because you have to just restrictions on number of athletes, but, but then we have programs that don't. And, yep. you know, it's great that there are ways for kids to stay involved. And, and now that we've got things like the tiger TV and the live streaming yep. and all of these other things, you know, you don't have to be an athlete to be involved in athletics. You yes. know, there's lots of other ways to, to be connected to it as well. And it's such a big part of the, the uh, overall culture here at the high school. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, I, I take that responsibility very seriously and, and trying to make sure that we uh, engage as many kids as possible in some way, shape or form. Absolutely. And that you want to know what I take very seriously, Dane. Your podcast? I, my podcast. <laughs> well, it's it's uh, it's everyone's podcast. All right. Yeah, it's Ridgefield's right. podcast. It's Ridgefield's number one podcast, by the Woo way. Woohoo. Yes. Uh, Ridgefield Tiger Talk. If you're listening to this, I already got you. All right. We already got you locked in. So please let everyone know in town that the best podcast is Ridgefield Tiger Talk for all your Ridgefield Public Schools informational needs. Uh, so again, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, uh, Podverse, anywhere fine podcasts can be downloaded. Boom. Just type in Ridgefield. We're the first one that uh, pops up. Uh, other than that, Dane, thank you so much for taking the time out of your incredibly busy day. Thanks, Wes. Always a pleasure to be on and talk sports with you.
Oh, yes. And I, I like to learn about sports because I don't know much about it. Uh, but it's always a pleasure. And uh, again, we'll have you on again, uh, probably in the February, March-ish time to, to get an update on what's going on then. And uh, other than that, this is Dr. B signing off, wishing everyone a great weekend.